Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Catch Up Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Moses. I hope you're all having a fantastic day. And uh, welcome to the second ever episode. Um, I recently just finished the fifth season, the latest season of Last Chance U at Laney College in Oakland. A great season, a much better season than last than uh, season four. Just because people like Coach Beam and Dior Walker, they're way more likable people than Coach Brown at Independence, Kansas, or Malik Henry or Bobby Bruce. If you guys want me to do a segment about the the latest Last Chance U season, I'm open to do that. Just write to me in the comments because I really enjoyed myself watching uh, that series. And um, we have a lot ahead of us. We're going to talk about my favorites and dark horses to reach the NBA Finals from each conference. We're also going to be previewing eight NFL teams, two divisions, the AFC and NFC West, and uh, also predicting uh, their records. And we're also going to talk about the uh, number one seed Los Angeles Lakers. So let's jump right into it. The NBA playoffs are getting closer and closer. They're less than a week away. It's really the most exciting time as an NBA fan, especially when your team is a playoff team. So I want to list my favorites and dark horses to reach the NBA Finals from each conference. So in a couple months when the playoffs are over and we have a champion, we can look back at my predictions and analyze them or laugh at them. So let's have some fun. I'll start with the Western Conference with my dark horse to make it to the NBA Finals, the Portland Trailblazers. Damian Lillard has been on fumes since the bubble started, averaging 33 points per game, 9.5 assists since the restart. Also, at the time of recording this, he's coming off a 61, yeah, you heard it right, 61-point performance in a win against the Dallas Mavericks. Talk about a game. And uh, CJ McCollum is also a great sidekick, a great number two on the team. Um, averaging more than 18 points per game. And uh, Carmelo Anthony, after he got waived by the Houston Rockets last season, many thought that he may never step on an NBA court ever again. However, the Trailblazers took a gamble on him, uh, which has undoubtedly worked in their favor. Carmelo revived his career by accepting a smaller role, taking a backseat to Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, and... He became a great role player, providing the spark that the Portland Trailblazers needed. The Blazers, until now, have faced five guaranteed playoff teams. Let's look at all five games. So the first game, they lost a very close one to the Boston Celtics, 128-124. to I personally watched the game, and it was a great game, down to the wire, to really the last seconds. It was a really competitive game, a great NBA game. And the second playoff team they faced is uh, they beat the Houston Rockets, you know, with uh, they have James Harden and Russell Westbrook, and they beat them 110 to 102. The third game, they beat the Denver Nuggets by 10 points, and then they lost to the Clippers by, uh, in a close game uh, by five points. And uh, the fifth game, they beat the Philadelphia 76ers 124 to 121. Damian Lillard had 51 points. And uh, now recently, they beat the Dallas Mavericks uh, 134-131. And as I mentioned before, Damian Lillard had 61 points. Really, it's, it's amazing. I truly believe that if the 
Portland Trailblazers continue with this great form of beating legit playoff teams and playing up to their competition, and it doesn't matter who they face. I think the Blazers can upset the Lakers. You know what? Not can. I think the Blazers will upset the Lakers in the first round of the playoffs. And then they have a pretty good shot to go all the way. Now, my favorite team to come out of the Western Conference is the Los Angeles Clippers. They have, in my opinion, the best player in the NBA right now, Kawhi Leonard. And they have the best dynamic duo in the NBA, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Kawhi Leonard averaging 28 points per game this season and 5 assists. And Paul George averaging 21.4 points per game and 4 assists. Also, Montrezl Harrell and Lou Williams, who average 18 points per game, are 6 Man of the Year candidates. And the Clippers coach, Doc Rivers, is, in my opinion, one of the best coaches in the league. He already led the Boston Celtics in 2008 to a championship, and I think he can do it again with the Clippers. And that's why the Clippers are my favorite to come out of the West. Now let's move to the Eastern Conference. So who is my dark horse? My dark horse in the Eastern Conference is the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, it might be quite surprising. They don't have any, no, none of their starters came to the bubble. But in my opinion, they're a legit team. They got blown out a couple times, but I think they're just keeping everything secret to, to the playoffs. And Jamal Crawford signed there, and it really excites me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> they're not my dark horse. My real uh, Eastern Conference dark horse are the Boston Celtics. Uh, the Boston Celtics have, in my opinion, the best dynamic four in the league. And I think they're the only team to have a dynamic four. Uh, they have all-star point guard Kemba Walker, who averages 21 points per game. All-star shooting guard Jalen Brown, who averages 21 points per game. Superstar small forward Jason Tatum, 23 points per game. Superstar, I think he may be a top 10 to top 5 player in the league right now. And also... Power forward Gordon Hayward, who averages 18 points per game. The best young core in the league. Also in addition, they have 6-man of the year candidate and 3-point specialist Marcus Smart. Looking at the Celtics core and their position, they don't seem to me to be a dark horse like the Portland Trailblazers. But the limited media attention to this team made them a dark horse or an underdog. Looking at their last few games, uh, they lost a close game to the first-seeded Milwaukee Bucks, they beat the number two seed Toronto Raptors, and they blew out the Brooklyn Nets by 30-something points. In my opinion, this team is a legit championship team, and they have a pretty good shot to make it to the finals, and you heard it here first on the Catch-Up Sports Podcast. I also want to give a huge honorable mention to the Toronto Raptors. At the start of the season, many predicted that after Kawhi Leonard's departure from Toronto to LA, the Raptors won't be as competitive like last year. And oh boy, they proved them wrong. Head coach Nick Nurse, in my opinion, should be the coach of the year. The way he just maintained the team's success after Kawhi's departure is amazing. Pascal Siakam has emerged to be a superstar, averaging 23 points per game, 3 assists, and 7 rebounds. They also have Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, Norman Powell, Sergi Baca, and many more that are just excellent complementary pieces. 
really, I, I really think that this team has a serious shot to repeat. You never know, maybe we the North will be on the championship podium once again this season. Now let's talk about my favorite in the Eastern Conference. And it is... No one. I don't have a favorite. It might be a bit surprising. You know, of course I could just take the easy way out and say my favorites are the Milwaukee Bucks. I can say that Giannis Antetokounmpo is last year's MVP and, sh and will be this year's MVP. But when I think about it, I have a shed of doubt to pick the Milwaukee Bucks as my favorite team to make it to the finals out of the Eastern Conference. The Celtics and Raptors have more complete teams. The Bucks have the best player. I'd rather have a top 10 player and a complete team than have the best player in the conference and not a complete team. In my opinion, the competition to get out of the East between the first, second, and third seeds are wide open. The Bucks, Raptors, and Celtics have more than a legit shot to win the East and make it to the finals. And that's why, in my opinion, there isn't a spot to be favored in in the Eastern Conference. But the Milwaukee Bucks should be careful. Like I said in the last episode, if there isn't significant success this season by means a championship or a NBA Finals appearance, the Bucks' best player since the great Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Yanis Antetokounmpo, might ask to leave. So good luck, Milwaukee. You really need it. And you know, I'm assuming that a couple of you guys or girls that are listening to this podcast are thinking, why didn't I pick the Lakers as my favorite to make it to the finals out of the West? They recently clinched the number one seed. They have home court. That's a huge advantage. Oh, oh yeah, they're in a bubble in Orlando. Well, they don't have many advantages, but according to their win record, they're the best team in their conference. So here's my counter-argument. Since the NBA restart, the Lakers have been the statistically worst starting five. LeBron James has 23 points per game, Anthony Davis 22, uh, Danny Green only 7 points per game, Kentavious Caldwell-Diop only 7 points per game, and Javel McGee, who is a great vlogger, but doesn't put enough points, he, he only has 4 points per game. Kyle Kuzma, their 6th man, in my opinion, their most consistent offensive threat, averaging 15 points per game. Since the bubble started, the Lakers, the Lakers' record is 3-4. Three, three wins, four losses. They've been wildly underperforming, constantly playing down through their competition. I want to look uh, at every game uh, the Lakers played in the bubble to see if this case is true. So the first game, they barely beat the Los Angeles Clippers. For the Clippers, two out of their four best players, best contributing players, Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams, were out due to quarantine. The second game they played, they get blown out in the fourth quarter against a legit Raptors team. And there's no excuses why the Lakers should be blown out by a team they should at least be competitive against. The third game they had, they won a close game against the Utah Jazz. But in my opinion, if the Lakers are favorites and they're championship contenders, they should have won by more, be more dominant. But let's see how they carry their momentum through the next stretch of games. So they went on to lose three straight games to teams that are worse than them, in my opinion. They got blown out by the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Houston Rockets, and they got beat by the Pacers in a close game. As of recording this podcast, 
they did beat the Denver Nuggets on a buzzer beater. And yeah, 0.4 seconds left in the game is a buzzer beater in my book. Good job, Kyle Kuzma. It was a really a nice shot. But there's a constant theme throughout these games. And uh, I think you already knew what I'm going to say. The Lakers play down to their competition and barely win a team with lower expectations like the Nuggets and Jazz. Or they get blown out by legit playoff teams. The Raptors, the Rockets, and uh, the Thunder. To me, the Lakers aren't a true number one seed. They're frauds in my opinion. And when I think about it, this team really reminds me of last season's Green Bay Packers in the NFL. The Packers last season finished with a 13-3 record. And if you look at it, it looks pretty good. 13 wins, only 3 losses during the regular season. But if you look closer into this record, it tells a different story. The Packers played ugly football all season last year. They always played down to their competition. They never closed out games, even against less superior opponents. Almost losing to teams like the Lions twice. They almost lost to the Washington Redskins they played, a pre- or sorry, the Washington football team. And they got blown out by the Los Angeles Chargers, who finished that year 5-11. and They got blown out by a way below average team. And of course, I could list a few more games, but I want to get to the point. The Packers were the second seed in the NFC playoff bracket. And many thought that the Packers didn't deserve that seeding. They didn't play well enough to get such a high seeding in the playoffs. That opinion proved to be right when they got blown out by a far superior 49ers team in the NFC Championship. I think that the Lakers will have a similar but worse fate. If their bad form continues and they'll constantly play down through their competition and not play like a championship caliber team that they should be, they will get upsetted by the 8th seed. It may be the Portland Trailblazers or the Phoenix Suns, I don't know, but they will get upsetted. And if that happens, it'll be a huge stain to LeBron's legacy. And also, Anthony Davis might think twice if he would like to stay in LA for a couple more seasons, and maybe he would like to leave somewhere else in free agency. Let's shift to this, to the NFL. So the NFL season is less than a month away, and I'm super excited. We're less than a month away to the kickoff of the Chiefs against the Texans. So to count down the time before that kickoff, and before the season starts, I'll be previewing eight teams, two divisions, each episode, and predicting their records, and if they're going to be in the playoffs or not. We'll start with the NFC West, one of the most competitive divisions last year. This preview, just for you to know, will be listed by my predicted division standings, from worst to first. So let's start with the fourth ranked team in the NFC West, the LA Rams. It's crazy to think that just a year and a half ago, Greg Zerline synced a 57-yard field goal in overtime to send the Rams to the Super Bowl over the Saints. The Rams were on top of the world at that time, and now they're a complete mess. Last offseason, they didn't sign their, I don't think he's a star, but their solid guard, Roger Saffold III, and their offensive line completely fell apart. Star running back Todd Gurley wasn't the same. He was clearly hurt since last season, and Jared Goff showed his flaws because his team around him wasn't good enough. 
and uh, the team missed the playoffs, and they weren't serious competitors. This offseason, they lost a bunch of key players. Edge rushers Dante Fowler and Clay Matthews, safety Eric Weddle, cornerback Nickel Roby Coleman, linebacker Corey Littleton, running back Todd Gurley, kicker Greg Zerline, and they traded wide receiver Brandon Cooks to the Texans with an historic $21 million cap hit. That's a lot of money to lose on the cap. And just for you to know, all the players I just listed were starters last year. The Rams did re-sign their solid tackle Andrew Whitworth, but it isn't a long-term solution because Andrew is 39 years old. It's not a football age. Way past the football age. They also signed edge rusher Leonard Floyd, former first-round pick from the Bears, but in my opinion, Dante Fowler, who they lost, is better than him. And as you can see, it's pretty obvious that this roster isn't the loaded roster that made the Super Bowl two seasons ago. The Rams haven't had a first-round pick since 2016, since they picked quarterback Jared Goff, and they won't have one until 2022. Think about that. This is the exact slippery slope I wanted to talk about regarding the Los Angeles Rams. When you trade for a star player, you pay with valuable draft capital. When you trade for many players, for example, Marcus Peters, Brandon Cooks, Dante Fowler, Jalen Ramsey, Akeep Talib, and Anders Moore, you give up a lot of draft capital. And when you eventually need to pay these stars, for the, for the stars you traded for, they're going to ask for top-notch money because you traded for them. And if they're just stars on your team, they'll, they'll also ask for top-notch money because they're stars. They want market money for their position. And when you pay a couple of them, you run into the very problem that the Los Angeles Rams put themselves into. They paid so many stars. They don't have enough money to sign players to fill in, in their holes on your roster. And they gave up so much draft capital for these stars. They can't draft any legit players to fill in their holes in, your, in their roster. I truly advise the Rams to rebuild. But they traded for so many players, they don't have enough draft picks to rebuild. So they're stuck. I'll predict the Rams to finish next season with a 7-9 record. And they will miss the playoffs. The third team, the third ranked team in the NFC West is the Arizona Cardinals. The most hyped team in this division uh, since the DeAndre Hopkins trade. And I get it, that trade does significantly approve Arizona's offense. They have now that X receiver, that number one wide receiver, that go-to wide receiver in critical moments. They also brought back Larry Fitzgerald, the great Larry Fitzgerald, and late season breakout running back Kenyon Drake. I have no doubt in my mind that the Arizona's offense in Kyler Murray's sophomore year will be at least a top 10 offense in the league. But their defense is a different story. Last season, the Cardinals defense was a dumpster fire. The 28th ranked defense in the league according to Pro Football Focus. They didn't add any significant defense contributor in free agency. They didn't, they didn't add any defensive star, to say the least. And although they did draft the stud Isaiah Simmons ninth overall out of Clemson, I don't think it's enough. In my opinion, the defense will let the Cardinals down this season, and they'll finish a 9-7 and and miss the playoffs. But they will be a very fun team to watch, a very offensive-oriented team with zero defense. They'll be in many high-scoring games next season. 
but they just need, I think, one more year to rebuild that defense to become really serious competitors. The second-ranked team in the NFC West is the San Francisco 49ers, the reigning NFC champions. They were the biggest surprise last season, going from pretty much worst to first in their division, almost winning that Lombardi Trophy. The 49ers had a great season last year, but I truly believe in the Super Bowl hangover, especially for the losing team. For example, the Los Angeles Rams last year, they lost two seasons ago to the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and then they didn't make the playoffs the following year. Or the Atlanta Falcons, who uh, blew a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl. Sorry, Falcons fans. And they almost didn't make the playoffs the year after. And you got to admit that the 49ers are a worse team than last season. They lost key contributors like defensive tackle DeForest Buckner uh, via trade. They traded him to the Indianapolis Colts. They also lost wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders, who they traded for last season. And also tackle Joe Staley, who retired. They did trade for tackle Trent Williams and drafted defensive tackle Javon Kinlaw, 14th overall. But I don't think it's enough. Also, 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo is quite limited. And we saw that especially in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. If they had a quarterback of Carson Wentz or Deshaun Watson's caliber, they would have won the Super Bowl. And also considering that their best wide receiver, Debo Samuel, former second round pick, broke his leg in the offseason and he might have a slower start to the season, I predict the 49ers will finish 10-6 and and they will miss the playoffs. Talk about a hot take, huh? My first ranked team in the division is the Seattle Seahawks. From the far west, the Seattle Seahawks are the best team in this division. Before the Jamal Adams trade, I would have ranked them second, but... There's one thing I want to know. Do the 49ers have a better roster? Hell yeah. But do they have a superstar quarterback like Russell Wilson's caliber? Hell no. Russell Wilson elevates his team all year round. Every year, the Seahawks don't have the best roster, but they still make it to the playoffs. Adding another star to this roster, safety Jamal Adams, might get them over the hump. I predict the Seahawks will finish with a 12-4 record, they'll win the division, and make it to the playoffs. Now, let's move to the opposing division, the AFC West. My fourth-ranked team are the recently relocated team, the Las Vegas Raiders. This, in my opinion, is a pivotal year in the John Gruden era. He overhauled the roster, the Raiders roster, and now there should be signs of improvement. I can talk about who they signed in free agency and drafted, but this is the biggest question. It is the quarterback. Raiders quarterback Derek Carr had an MVP-type season in 2016, but he has been mediocre since. This is a prove-it year for Carr, because if he's stopping the team from succeeding this year, the Raiders will sign or draft his replacement. I truly think that the Raiders will have a better year, but not as many Raiders fans hope. I predict the Raiders to finish 8-8, and they will miss the playoffs. My third-ranked team in the AFC West is the LA Chargers. A few teams have such roster depth uh, like the Chargers, having one of the league's best offensive playmakers, uh, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, and more, and one of the league's deepest secondaries. This offseason, they strengthened their offensive line by adding former Packers tackle Byron Bulaga and guard Trey Turner. 
Also, they improved their defense by adding stud cornerback Chris Harris Jr. and defensive tackle Linval Joseph. But still, the team will go as far as Tyrod Taylor takes them. You gotta remember, even though he was a backup last season, in 2017 he led the Buffalo Bills to the playoffs, cutting a 17-year playoff drop in Buffalo. If Tyrod Taylor plays like 2017 Tyrod Taylor, the Chargers are for sure playoff contenders. But for now, I'll predict them to finish with a 9-7 record. My second ranked team in this division is the Denver Broncos, the Mile High City up in the mountains. So the Denver Broncos had a promising end to the season. Their second round pick, quarterback Drew Locke out of Missouri, won 4 out of 5 games to end the season, only losing to the Super Bowl champs, Kansas City Chiefs. This season, they added players to fill in key departures, trading for defensive tackle Jarrell Casey to replace Derek Wolfe, trading for cornerback A.J. Bouye to replace Chris Harris Jr., and signing guard Graham Glasgow after Connor McGovern left in free agency. This team has a solid roster all around, and if Drew Locke continues his end-of-season form or better, the Broncos are a playoff team. I predict the Broncos to finish 9-7, and to meet a coin flip between them and the Chargers on who makes the playoffs, but for the sake of prediction, I'll pick the Broncos to make the playoffs as a wildcard team. My number one team in the AFC West, big surprise, is my favorite team, the Kansas City Chiefs. As a diehard Chiefs fan, that Super Bowl victory, I'll cherish that moment for the rest of my life. Me and my dad woke up at 1am, made some guacamole with nachos to watch the game live. The fourth quarter comeback just made me so happy. And finally, the 50-year drought was over. Oh, oops, I got carried away a little bit. Let's talk some facts. 20 out of the 22 starters, or now 18 out of the 22 after Corona opt-outs, of a Super Bowl roster are returning. The Chiefs did lose cornerback slash safety Kendall Fuller in free agency to the Washington football team. But last year's sixth-round pick cornerback Rashad Fenton showed last season that he's at least a compatible replacement. Also, drafting running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out of LSU at the last pick of the first round proved to be a great pick after running back Damian Williams, the Super Bowl hero, opted out of the season due to the coronavirus. Also, Sammy Watkins took a pay cut to keep the best offense in the league intact, with Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Sammy Watkins, and more. It's an historically hard matchup for every defense. So due to the roster staying pretty much the same, I predict the Chiefs to finish 12-4 and and win the division. And uh, there you go, we've made it to the end of the episode. Hope you all enjoyed. I had a lot of fun recording. And uh, from now on, uh, there'll be a Q&A segment at the end of each episode. So if you made it till here, write a question in the comments and uh, I'll be answering any questions at the end of each episode. And uh, yeah, don't forget to follow the Catch Up Sports uh, Instagram at, at Catch Up Sports. You can also listen to this podcast on, on Spotify, Apple Podcast and YouTube and also SoundCloud. And uh, I'll see you guys later.